Welcome to episode 461 of Film Bastards. My name's Ian Loring, and as always, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello everyone. I'm Matt Foster, hello everybody. Hello, hello, indeed, indeed. Bex is back. Back. Uh, so we have... The child back, has back, been back. dispatched. She is, she's, she's Liverpool's problem now. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, my my child is still here. My dog is being dispatched to the kennel tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I'm. I think I'm less excited about that than you were about um, Izzy going to <laughs> Liverpool. Uh, but anyway, and, and not for any bad reason, by the way. It's just we're going. With it's our uh, we uh, embark on our holiday tomorrow. That's all. She's a good girl. Uh, so, coming up on this week's show, we have got reviews of Kevin Smith um, going back to the quick stop with Clerks Free and a film uh, that I basically had zero interest in, that we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes, Confess Fletch. Uh, we'll also have news, trailers, I think, what we've been watching... Twitter questions. We had some good interactions. We had some really good interactions on Twitter recently. Actually, um, I I I feel like um, I don't know. I don't know whether our audience is growing or anything. or just like, but I, it feels like we're getting some good back and forth of late. So uh, at Film Bastards on Twitter, come follow us and join the fun. Um, Patreon.com forward slash Film Bastards. Uh, we just recorded the latest part of I Hate Every Ape I See from Bastard A to Bastard Z, where we talked about Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Very sad that we've only got one more part of a marathon called that, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, but hey. Uh, so Patreon.com forward slash Film Bastards. It's $2 a month. You get an awful lot of extra content. You get early access to the uh, regular show, uh, always two days before it goes out on the main feed. Um, and we are a pod syndicate podcast, so please listen to other like-minded podcasts like His Film, Her Movie, Trinity Stroker vs. Punter, Entertainment Landfill, The uh, Iron Sequel, and The Rewatch Project. Um, and as Mark said last week on the old YouTubes, there's um, quite... Uh, quite a bit of kind of like, like music related content uh planned isn't there mark it's not something that i'm as close to so uh uh do, would you like to speak on that at all could you just uh, just music related content on youtube mark he was just staring his chili sorry guys uh, yeah, <laughs> there's, there's um basically they are little uh videos explaining significant and historical live performances uh so, so far, Mike's done uh, one on the uh, 68 comeback special Elvis uh, one. And Noel has done one on, I believe it was, I just want to get a song right. Uh, sorry, it was a Fleetwood Mac performance. And let me just find where it was. Where is it? Pod Syndicate then. What was that? That's weird that it's not done it in alphabetical order. There we go. Uh, it was Silver Springs, uh, the Live 97, uh, the dance um, special. So, yeah, so just give them a, 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 a bit of a watch. Uh, there'll be uh, more going out there. Um, I'll be adding one to it in the uh, next week or so. 
Uh, or have you decided what yet? Yeah. But you have to wait and see. Oh. oh, he's not saying. That's great. Sorry, just as I uh, crack open a can. Apologies. Um, so, yeah, no, brilliant. So that's the uh, Pod Syndicate YouTube channel. Uh, also, Film Bastards, we're on YouTube. Um, there, there have been views. So you may actually be uh, listening to the show through YouTube right now. And if you are, uh, welcome. Hi. Um, a little favour that we would maybe ask to people who don't uh, listen to us on YouTube. Fancy just subscribing anyway. We, I'm not going to ask you to like and ask for notifications and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you can if you want. But um, uh, yeah, uh, I, I think that would actually help. Also, just putting out another call, uh, reviews on iTunes uh, would be really, really, really helpful as well. Um, there, It's a bit of a sea of film podcasts of late and uh, it can be hard to get notice. So, uh, But reviews is one of those things that... Uh, uh, does help with that so uh pl- yeah please do put the good word out there um about the good ship film bastards um but so we recorded on uh wednesday it's sunday now however there has been some some film news um woody allen has said that he is retiring after his next film that's in pre-production mm-hmm. um I I feel like that news would have hit in a very different way a decade ago. Yeah, it's to focus on writing his first novel, I believe, is, is the excuse that he's come up with. Oh, fuck off, Woody. Yeah, yeah, dude's in his mid-80s. Um, and yeah, it's, um, it's kind of wild that timothy chalamet has been around long enough that he starred in a woody allen film when it was still somewhat acceptable to star in a woody allen film i think he maybe just got in just before people started to call it out for being unacceptable (laughs) yeah i mean because um i'll take a drink if you want but uh griffin newman from blank check was in a rainy day in new york um, got some shit for it on social media, uh, which I, I think was probably pretty harsh because that guy would not have been in that film if certain things that are known now were known. Um, and he apparently don't he donated his fee to charity, so it's a little bit yeah, fair enough. But um, yeah, it, it, it's I don't know. It just it's odd. A rainy day in New York. That film feels like it wasn't that long ago. Um, and then after that he's just been doing stuff in European countries that will still apparently finance him but um, I, I, I don't know I mean like Woody Allen played a massive part in my fucking film like education in sick form my I think I've said this before on the show but my English teacher who uh, I got on personally well with and turned me on to sight and sound and um uh, lent me her DVD of Raging Bull, so that was my first watch of Raging Bull and Manhattan. Um, and then later called me the most abusive, obnoxious, and disruptive pupil she's ever had the misfortune of teaching in a school report. Um, don't really know why. I don't think I was that bad. Um, but yeah, um, he played a big part. You know, like Manhattan was. A hell of a film for me at that time. Annie Hall absolutely was. I mean, Manhattan, looking at that film now, it is a little bit holy fucking shit. 
what was everybody smoking in terms of kind of letting him get away with what that film is about. Mm. Um, but he was, a, he, 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 I mean, he is, he's not dead. Um, he has a wit and he had an awful lot to say about the human condition and has his work been relevant for at least the last decade or so? Probably not. I think Blue Jasmine was probably the last one that seemed to hit in any way. Um, but I mean, like, I, I'll i be honest, I don't think I'll ever go back and watch a Woody Allen film again now because I think there's just too much of a taint on it. Um, but I thank him for being a part of my film education growing up and I'm not entirely sure I wish him well, but I don't think I necessarily wish anything super negative on him either. Sorry if that gets me cancelled. I don't know. Mark I and Becky have cancelled me. I struggled with Woody Allen uh, as a... I tried with Woody Allen. Like, I really tried um, watching it all back and, and watching it. And, then, and, and for a long time, I, I, I was very much like of the opinion of, do you know what? Maybe I'm just too young to get this. Maybe I just don't... Maybe I just don't have the, the, the sort of life experience to, to understand where this, this comedy is. I mean, maybe I'm just not smart enough or anything like that. I think it was my, my opinion on Woody Allen for a long time. And then I started to realise sort of in the late 90s, early noughties that, no, do, do you know what? It's just not my thing. His, I don't know, things like um, that I've enjoyed. Uh, Annie Hall is very good. Um, and I enjoyed Bullets of a Broadway and Mighty Aphrodite and, and things like that. Um, but I think I went to see Sweet and Lowdown um, at the cinema um, and was like really like pumped because it was like this I think it had been nominated for a bunch of awards um, and it had Sean Penn in there and I was, I was really looking forward to it I would get about halfway through it and thinking I don't get this I don't get this and then I got further into it, it was like no do you know what this just isn't that good it's not bad but it's just not that good either <laughs> so I think it's just one of those ways he's never been for me so him going away <clears throat> just doesn't I just don't care really no yeah. I can't say I care sorry Bex go on no, 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 no please. Sorry, I've I've not watched many Woody Allen movies. I don't I don't like their vibe. The ones that I have seen, there seems to be a bit too much wish fulfillment in them, um, f- for him, and so I, I can't really speak about it from a educated point of view. I've I've seen one film of his that I like, um, and that's yeah. And that's largely because I'm a big Adrian Brody fan. Even even the <laughs> next sweater period, Adrian Brody. Even that film where he fucks that thing that he makes. Splice. 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 That's it. Yeah. Yeah, he does fuck that thing. Right? He does fuck that thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, not that was not a great artistic choice from the writer's point of view. No, I thought it was a great artistic choice from the writer's <laughs> point of view. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I don't, Bex, did I you... don't like him. There's like an air of just ickiness 
over Woody Allen that makes me just not want to watch his films. And that was before I was even aware of the yeah. allegations against him. He's just he's just a bit like he's one of those guys that's like oh I'm such a nice guy why won't girls fuck me it's because you're a creepy fucking weirdo Woody he's, 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 he's just got that air about him he's yeah. icky yeah he's the sort he's the sort of he, he comes across the sort of person who would chip away at a girl at work who would eventually then go do you know what I go you can shut you up and he'd be like see I always get them it's like mm. no mm. you don't uh, apologies for the dog barking there. Sorry, just saw it on the waveform. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I don't know. I mean, like Zelig's really fun, and Hannah and her sisters is fucking fantastic. Um, and it, it, I mean, I like Midnight in Paris. Vicky Christina Barcelona is a like horny film. Like, I mean, which, yeah, Woody Allen, fair enough. But then, I don't know, I'm just a bit like, well, yeah, I would like to see those people be horny on main on screen together. Yeah, but not not trying to take away from any of the real world stuff. And it, like, like I say, it's like I don't feel like I'll be watching any of his work again in the same kind of way that it's like watching Brian Singer stuff feels very tough now. Mm. Um, and especially because he also made Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, Woody Allen. Um, also, in um, some really positive news, um, following up from Evil Dead Rise, uh, moving from HBO Max only to get a theatrical release, it has been announced that Steven Soderbergh's Magic Mike Last Stand. Oh my God, it's a very simple title. <laughs> Magic Mike's Last Stand, uh, which Soderbergh has basically said is his Magic Mike version of all that jazz. <laughs> Have another drink, folks. Um, uh, is going to be getting a theatrical release Super Bowl weekend, February next year. Let's fucking go. That suggests um, somebody's watched it and gone or watched a rough cut and gone wait a minute fuck that shit cinema yeah i mean it, and it's absolutely the 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 change in studio direction which we we've talked about on the show but like they are actually going do you know what we can actually make money if we release these things in the cinema mm. um and super bowl weekend is just great counter programming time for it you know like it's um, really, really hope it does well because Magic Mike XXL disappointed. Um, but uh, but also just seeing a Soderbergh film in a cinema uh, again, um, you know, because he's no sudden move in Kimmy. He was pretty happy to just go, yeah, give me a budget. I'll do what I want. You stick it on HBO Max, no problem. It's cool that it's getting a theatrical. And I mean, like the fact that Evil Dead Rise is getting a theatrical speaks to their confidence about that film as well. Um, so yeah, just wonderful news. Also, wonderful news. Maybe the last news item I can think of, but it's it's, it's been busy. Uh, in just unexpected, really, news. Um, Francis Lawrence and Keanu Reeves are reuniting for a Constantine sequel. Yeah. <laughs> which just which seems a little bit like a one that basically. 
fans of the original have kind of just wished into life. <laughs> that that it that smacks of something like one of the streamers has gone fucking hell. A lot of people watch Constantine. And as soon as goes, yeah. they do? Like, yeah. Hmm. Like, Alright well, then. <laughs> it's it's interesting getting a bit of an insight into that kind of thing because there was this um there was this report in the Hollywood Reporter about how Universal are fucking thrilled with just how well the Northman has done on premium video on demand. Yeah. And it's now in the black. Yeah. And that film being in okay, in in the black, this close to theatrical release when it's like a 70 million dollar viking film and it was that film it just it it feels like there's an awful lot of good news stories about hey do you know what films make money um uh happening at the moment i mean like um i think i mentioned it on wednesday show but barbarian doing 10 million dollars the fucking woman king is beating expectations in the u.s a plus cinema score which is insanely rare. Um, and it was projected to do about 15 to 16 million. I think it's on for 19. Um, which is, yeah, which is really good. That thing is playing an IMAX in Orlando. Um, I, which I would need to see on Wednesday or Thursday. Cause then avatars out in IMAX. I think I might try and fuck off and go see the woman King Thursday night in IMAX. And I can't wait. A plus cinema score, man. Like it, it, it. So this it just there's an awful lot of good news stories happening at the moment, and they are topped off by Constantine too. Because fuck it, why not? Yeah. Get Gavin Rossdale back. Yes. Yeah. Get Tilled. Back. Can't remember what happened to him in Constantine. He I feel gets... like I watched that in the last couple of years as well. Um... Doesn't he get like essentially like fucking dusted by it? I yeah, I feel like he's like a early third act kill off. Yeah, he is. Hmm. Well, let's get Tilda Swinton back. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm back on the Tilda Swinton train after three thousand years of longing. I watch her in more stuff now. She's very good in Constantine. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Oh, she's fucking. Is she Gabriel? Yeah. 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 Fucking love Constantine. Is it on anything? Let's have a look. I think it's on Netflix. I think I passed it the other day. Yeah. Fuck yes, that's on tonight. Watch them. Yes. You can go to bed. Uh, yeah, it is. And Prime, guys. Just FYI. Maybe it was Prime I saw it on. It was. I was looking for stuff to download onto the iPad, so I was on all of them. Um... Cool. Okay. Yeah. So Constantine two, brilliant. Um. Right. Trailers. I feel like there's been wa- like maybe one. Uh, what have we watched? Uh, Mr. Harrigan's phone. Didn't even know they were making this into a film. I'm really excited. It's a really good short story. Yeah. Uh, basically, Donald Sutherland plays a dead guy. I mean, he's not always a dead guy. Well, he isn't dead, but he, he's alive when a 
local kid gives him a phone or something like that. Yeah, so basically he's like, he's, he's really old and he doesn't have any new tech, so the kid gives him an iPhone. Um, and then he dies... And then the kid slips the phone into his... Because he gets really attached to his phone and really excited about stuff he can find online and all this yeah. kind of stuff. So as like, a, here's this thing you love. He slips it into his jacket pocket when he's about to be buried. Um, but they've got a really good relationship and he's been talking to about this bully at school and this bully beats the shit out of him. So he rings Mr. Harrigan's phone and just leaves him a voicemail as a way of like talking to him. He knows he's not going to reply or anything. But then the kid gets fucked up so yeah so like what's going on there and then like various other things happen he's like shit somewhere he's getting these messages and fucking people up for me and it's about that whole conflict it's a really really good short story um in the if it bleeds compilation compilation is that right collection very excited i i thought this was a series i don't know why so i didn't bother watching the trailer for this I don't think it is, by the way. Like, I, I think that's absolutely my mistake. But yeah, cool. Okay, is this a is this a Netflix? It is a Netflix, I believe. Yeah. Okay, so like, kind of Netflix, kind of like Halloweeny kind of yeah. deal. Yeah. The tweet. The story is spooky as fuck. If they can get the tone right, it's it's going to be good. Nice. Um, trailer for decision to leave. Yes. Uh, yeah, looking forward to this. Plays LFF. Um, is just straight up getting a theatrical through movie like in October as well. Um, yeah, like it's just people are kind of going like, is this this year's like Parasite get a nomination kind of jobby? And it's like, let's go. That would be cool. Um, yeah, it very much looks like this. Yeah, it's a new Park Chan Wook film. Go on then. Yeah, I very much enjoy the fact that it looks all like Park Chan Wookie and thrillery and kind of a bit like what the fuck's going on. And then one of the pull quotes is the most romantic film of the year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, oh, yeah. oh, that's gonna be a fucked up romance, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, looks, um, it looks. It it's a new Park Chan Wook film. It's, it's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, um, regardless, we'll be reviewing that in October, so that feels like it's not that far away. Yeah. Great stuff. Um, okay, um, I've got one more. We have one more. Really? Mm-hmm. Is it? I want to dance with somebody. I want to dance with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um. I feel like if you wanted to do a good biopic of Whitney Houston's life, you're probably not going to be able to get the estate to sign off on um, licensing the music. I, I, get, I get the feeling if you want, yeah, it, it's this looks like the most when it comes up and says from the uh, writer of Bohemian Rhapsody, they're going, "Nah, I'm all right then, oh, cheers." Yeah. So, so basically, <laughs> this is an excuse to just sell a shitload of Whitney Houston records. Yeah. It is not anything to do with telling a Whitney Houston story. Yeah, and it'll all be fucking bullshit. Yeah, it'll just be lies. <laughs> Look, I mean, it's it's out on Boxing Day here. Um, I feel like in a 
immediately post-Christmas, I'm hungover and bleary-eyed state, maybe it will work. That's all I've that's all I've got. Um I, I, I think there's a massive reason why this is getting zero awards buzz despite it being a prestige biopic about a big musical artist. Yeah, it, it, it's because it's probably gonna be a bit flap. That's the thing. Uh, it, it just it's like saying when it comes up and says who it's written by, it just makes you go, alright, oh, fair enough. And the poster and everything about it just screams. Cash in. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. we'll be watching that one. I'll the thing watch is, if they it. made a good biopic of Whitney Houston, and it wasn't by the people that wrote Bohemian Rhapsody, I'd be tempted because I think it, it could be really interesting. If you're one of the stories, watch the documentary with you. Yeah, I do want to watch that actually. Yeah. Yeah, it, I don't know. It kind of. It, it, it kind of feels like you need to do a blonde. I mean, we haven't seen blonde yet, obviously, but just like a decades later, just like fully unauthorised, like this is what she actually went through kind of shit. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Who's it directed by? Do we know? It is uh, Casey Levens who did... Uh, Black Nativity. Okay. And Harriet. Remember that one the, the couple of years? Harriet. That's the one that... Everyone um, was annoyed with Cynthia Erivo being in one night. Yeah. Yeah, but she got... Didn't she get an Oscar nomination she, for that? She did, yeah. Yeah, I never, I never caught up with Harriet. Um, but yeah, okay, all right. Well, I mean, like it sounds like that. It sounds like a director who's got some pedigree behind them anyway. So, it, I I don't know. It yeah, we'll 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 see. Uh, okay, so let's talk. Clerks three, uh, written and directed by Kevin Smith, starring uh, Brian O'Halloran, uh, uh, Jeff Anderson. Um, uh, Trevor Furman um, and uh, Rosario Dawson uh, in a very misleading role if you see some of the promotional images that there were for this film um, so in uh, what is maybe the year's best um, film opening um, where they basically play the entirety of My Chemical Romance's Welcome to the Black Parade. They abridge it slightly at the end, but massive fucking respect for like doing all of that. Um, it is established. So all spoilers all the time, because, you know, it is probably a bit of a surprise going in. Uh, the, the guys are still running the quick stop. However... Uh, Becky, Rosario Dawson's character, is uh, deceased and has been for a number of years and um, was killed in a drunk driving accident which also killed Dante and Becky's unborn child. Uh, so, Dante and Randall are still working at the quick stop. Um, Elias is still uh, with them as well. Um when on one of his kind of like trademark rants, Jeff uh, Randall, Jeff Anderson's character, has a heart attack and uh, kind of basically realises that he's done nothing with his life and decides to make a movie uh, about him and Dante and their lives. 
which looks an awful lot like Clerks. Clerks 3. Mark. Yes. Feel like we were pretty up for this yeah. based on conversations last week. Yeah. Uh, how, how'd you take to it? The opening does an awful lot to kind of make you go, all right, yeah, all right, this, this, I, I, I am, I am in a comfortable, I, I, I'm slipping on a comfortable pair of, pair of pants here. This is going to be <laughs> yeah, all right. Fucking right. Um, fucking right. And then, you know, opening with a good couple of Jeff Anderson rants, um, mm-hmm. and fucking just, Introduce, I think they introduced the characters, uh, Randall and Dante, very well. Um, it's the thing is, I, I went in with medium expectations, um, and but knowing that I was about to spend two hours with um, at least two characters from cinema that I that I really enjoy spending time with. Um, and then I do think that during the film, the film is always better when it is characters from Clerks or Rosario Dawson. Uh, I, the uh, time has not been nice to Trevor Furman. It's not. <laughs> so occasionally in our uh, in our little group chat that, that we have. We, we we will reference the fact that fucking hell we'll we'll, we'll put up a someone will post a picture of somebody saying fucking hell we've got a lot of work to do here based on our ages and then the response always is to it is to the yeah but none of us look as shitty as Wayne Rooney and he's younger than all of us <laughs> I think we can now start throwing trying to firm it at that oh poor Elias it just does it does it, he, he he looks like he's had a a healthy relationship with 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 the local movies, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, has he been in any person? Though was he Elias? Yeah, no, no, he's not been in anything. No, um, but right. So, I, 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 well, I'll let everyone else speak for a little bit. And I'll get, <laughs> and I'll get the bits that I didn't like out of the way. <laughs> no, okay, oh, I was wondering what you were going for there. It was like. Something you were really uncomfortable with saying. Um, I was just worried that he'd like glitched. All right. Well, yeah. Before, okay. So before before we go a bit deeper, then. So Bex, obviously, you weren't on the show last week, and um, I, I don't know how much we've we've talked about Clerks or Kevin Smith in general. So kind of like uh, before we talk about Clerks three, like what's what's your relationship with these films? I've seen them and liked them a lot. Um, Clerks, more than Clerks too. Um, I've not seen them anywhere near as much as you guys probably have. Um, like, watching this, there's a lot of self-referential shit in there that I feel like I maybe didn't quite get because I haven't seen them enough for it to bed in. But I got enough of it to enjoy it, if that makes sense. It's very much a film made for massive fucking nerds yeah <laughs> which I would class myself as like a mid-range nerd 
when it comes to clerks. Yeah, whereas the... It, it, I think that there was, there was a couple that were in the same screening as us that were exactly in exactly the same position as us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The fact that I had to get out and go, what the fuck is the relevance of 37? Yeah. You had to explain it to me. Yeah. But yeah, they were, they were digging it, weren't they? Yeah, but I think he was digging it again a lot more than she was. Yeah, he shouted us, didn't okay. he? Okay. Well, not shout, he shouted to us. Don't go! So, yeah, yeah, at the end we, we went because I didn't think there was a first credit. He went, no, 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 go, go, There's something. I don't know what it is, but there's something. I've oh! Is there? Oh. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll tell you about that afterwards. It's not a scene. It's not anything like that. It's what I'll tell you now. Basically. <laughs> I'll um, tell you later. I'll tell you later. Actually, I'll tell you now. Yeah, I just realised I'd fucking want to say no. Uh, you can take it off mic if you really want, Mark. I mean, if you feel this is privileged information. <laughs> Kevin Smith basically uh, towards the end just says a little bit about like his relationship with how he got the job at the the quick stop essentially. Mm. Kev- what Kevin Smith does? Yeah, just like a, a voiceover. He just sort of says, "Hey, everybody!" And what? Basically, then goes through like you know like the fact that he that he always that, that like. He always kind of like thought that the customers were the worst thing about working at um, at, at, at a convenience store, and then realised that actually all the things, basically the majority of the things that happened in Clerks happened like to somebody was said by somebody yeah. or something like that, and that it actually it was the interactions of the customers that that gave him the ideas for a lot of his movies, and that right. really you should be thanking them. Um, and basically saying, look, I got a lot of credit for Clerks, but it was the people. It was these, it was, you know, Jeff Anderson and Brian O'Halloran and all these people were as much part of it as I was. And just a bit of a thank you to everybody for essentially being a fan of his movies over these years. Yeah. It was quite nice, wasn't it? I, yeah. yeah I, it was actually. I wonder, um, in the US... The screenings of this are being organised by this um, company called Fathom Events, and it's more like an actual kind of like an eventy kind of thing. And I wonder whether, as part of that, he did that for them. But then it's actually got like a proper, like general theatrical release here, so they've just tacked that on here as well. Yeah, like that feels very odd. It's just like okay, we'll just have a bit of like fucking director commentary at the right at the end of the film. But I mean, no, fair play, fair play. Um, so, Clerks Free. Um, I was in the fucking tank so hard in that like first 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, re- really, and you know, not just because of the My Chemical Romance, but like you said, Jeff Anderson. Um, like, seriously, Welcome to the Black Parade is one of the greatest that got to number one in the UK charts, like, things of all time. I can't believe that happened. Um, I but in that for the opening as well. It was really well done. It, it's great. As soon as that piano kicked in at the start, I was like, fuck, I'm, fuck, I'm in. And I was really, really in the mood for this as well, because I, I, I re-watched Clerks, watched Clerks 2, uh, which Clerks 2 has not aged very well. Uh, I think I said that last week, that watching the rest of the film kind of like proved that as well. But um, I think the Donkey Show bit's really fucking funny. So they, a lot of people don't seem to, but uh, there you go, sue me. Um, but yeah, Clerks 3. 
really, really in. And even like in the hospital when he's doing all the fucking Mandalorian jokes with Amy Sedaris, who is in the Mandalorian. Like, so even more meta. Like, I was like, okay, um, like I'm 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 still I'm still good with this because it's it's Randall. And the whole like Randall making a film thing, I thought was cracking. The minute Brian O'Halloran does a Nicolas Cage in The Wicker Man falling asleep on that, like, dock where Brian O'Halloran just appears to fall asleep at her grave and then Rosario Dawson comes up and then they have that thing about her having sex with famous people in heaven. I'm just like, no, 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 absolutely not. And then that, but in the same scene, Brian O'Halloran, like, crying... And, like, doing these faces that just... I felt so fucking bad for him that he was being asked by Kevin Smith to do this stuff. The writing... The writing, great. Um, Like, well, no, it's not great. It's fine. O'Halloran just isn't skilled enough an actor to be able to deal with this stuff on a big screen. Um, With that kind of... I don't know, I think he sold that quite well. I thought he was fucking terrible when he had to do the emotional stuff. Um, I will, but I will say his monologue at Randall before he has the heart attack, you know, fa- fair enough. He he was invested. He's given it a go. That's the thing. And I, like, I feel bad saying that I thought he was bad, but it just, it felt like he was being given a really, really, really difficult challenge by Kevin Smith. Um, I think with that one, uh, I think it's because Rosario Dawson is a full-blown professional actress. Mm. Whereas Brian Halloran, no matter what, and he hasn't made other bits, but he is still Kevin Smith's mate that is in films. I don't know, it, it felt, I, uh, I, what I quite liked about his reaction was it, it felt quite raw. He looked and he sounded like a real person being upset rather than an actor yeah, being upset. I so it, it just felt a bit more kind That's of interesting. visceral from that point of view. Mm. Real people don't pretty cry. No. They fucking ugly cry and they pull stupid faces when they're really upset. They just do. And I think that, that it really like it broke my fucking heart when he was getting upset there. But yeah, there's I, different strokes. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I don't, I think that's that's a that's a really interesting perspective. And if I ever watch rewatch Clerks Three, I think I'll remember that. Um, but it just if you, I, I was reiterating the plot of this film to Donna the morning after, and she was like, "No, no, that's not the plot. Like, what happens at the end? Like, you're joking, aren't you?" And I was like, no, that that like that is what happens. Like the one of the guys who is just having this kind of like fucking about like conversational stuff, like having two films where he's basically torn between two women, and in this one he's fucking miserable, is trying to help his friend but is miserable, and then watches Clerks in a dream cinema with Rosario Dawson, and then chooses to just fucking die. Like she was just like no that that's not the plot. 
a fair play, you would never, ever guess the ending of Clerks 3 no. going into Clerks 3. No, I, I, when, it, when it comes out that when you realise... He's watching his life flash before his eyes. What the fuck? fuck? Yeah. Is he about to kill off Dante? I was a bit like... I, I, I don't know whether I'm ready for this. <laughs> no. I did not expect no. to cry at Clerks 3. I, I, I did not expect to be a little bit like... I, no. No, Kevin, you can't. You can't have it like that. You can't do. You can't. Because the, the thing is with Clerks Three, is there is some of the comedy works. Some of it doesn't. What like the constant fucking goth costume changes? Yeah, those bits don't work. Um, the Elias and. Your daughter's blockchain coal train. Your creepy Block- daughter's oh, creepy weird boyfriend. I, I enjoyed blockchain coal train. Don't work. But beyond that, <laughs> it, he, the character's not funny in any way. No. Um, I I don't know. I did like when Elias walks in looking like Sean Young from Blade Runner, and, it, and like uh, I think it was Randall was like Blade Runner, nice, and like Elias is just like what? Yeah. Like I I did. Oh, no, I quite I did Blade quite Runner, enjoy that. He's Pris, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Pris, sorry, um, not Sean Young, fucking Daryl, Daryl Hannah? Yeah. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's little bits there, but just the... I don't know. They're the bits I didn't like, the constant of, of, of those bits. I, I would have liked it to have been a little bit just more fucking random Dante arguing. I think it's the bits that were more like Clerks were the bits that worked, the bits that were more like Clerks too with the bits that didn't. And I'm a, I'm a clerk's to apologist. Yeah, but it's crass and it's stupid, whereas clerk's isn't. Clerk's is quite clever and it's quite down to earth. Clerk's 2 is a bit more... Yeah. The fucking donkey show thing, I hate that in clerk's 2. Exactly. The, the thing is, there's, there's solid like bits that, that just have <laughs> me just laughing an awful lot. So, the fucking... The, the, fact that the description of uh, Dan T... Is a hideous chud of a man. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Just, <laughs> With a hideous chud beard. <laughs> it just had me just uh, laughing, uh, just probably more than I should have laughed at it. But uh, we'll say this afterwards, won't we, Bex? The thing is, Clerks 3 is absolutely, it's a fan service of a movie. And it, it should be mm. a fan service of a movie. So... For instance, fucking um, The Last Jedi should not be a fan service of a movie. Right? That, that shouldn't exist. You shouldn't make $200 million pure fan service no. movies that are there. It also shouldn't have people being put on hold in space, but that's fine. Yeah, because yeah, space travel, yes, they could have invented that, but hold no. Um, but... <laughs> With Clerks Three, the, yes, it should. The whole fucking thing should be fan service. Yeah, and it is. It is, and that's what makes sense. So the constant nodding back to things makes sense, and then the it, it's the roll around the the Clerks the movie is the movie that he makes. It, it it's so obvious it's staring you in the face throughout the entire thing, mm. and then when it actually comes to it, you go a fucking. Yeah, I, I, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just the fact that it really fucking wrong-footed me. 
Um, and and like, but I I don't know. I just had quite a visceral, just like no no no, you can't be a clerk's film and then kill off one of them at the end and then just have like Randall look and the ghost of Dante looking at Elias and blockchain and Jay and Silent Bob fucking about. Well, I, I just, totally I, the, the, I, I feel the... like that. It, it, I, I, it just, sorry, just to say, I think the ending does Randall dirty. And I think that's actually what bothers me about it. Sorry. Well, Kevin Smith does say in that little bit, doesn't he, that the original ending had a, a card that came up at the end um, that was on during that shot. I don't know why I took this out, actually, that basically said that. Um, Randall continued to make movies until he died in his 90s while still working at the quick stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it it I mean, does feel a little fair. bit... You do look at it and go, oh, so where do, where does Randall go from, from, from now? Yeah. And I just like the Randall at the grave and then what did he say? It's just like, you know, I'm just going to say something that my friend used to say. You're not even supposed to be here today. Oh God, that bro. You know, look, yeah, and it, that that's the thing. And it's Jeff Anderson plays it really well. I think Jeff Anderson's really good in this. I think it, like he drops into the Randall role like a fucking glove. Mm. Um, and I just, I I just felt if if Kevin Smith was just like trying to be like sometimes life is just this way, then fair enough. But it was just it was so fucking weird. That it was Dante watching his life flash before his eyes, like like you guys said, in a dream cinema, and then just goes, "Nah, I'm alright. I trust the director. I'm I'm happy to, you know, because Rosario Dawson's like, go and live your life, and he's like, no, I'm alright, thanks. It's just such a odd way of ending things. I, I viscerally w- was just like, I I I no, I do not. I, I refuse to accept your ending, Kevin Smith. You know what I mean? Like, uh, may, maybe that's my problem. It, it's but that thing it just, of it, 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 it closes the clerk's book. Now, that's it. And in the most, like, fucking depressing way. Yeah, yeah but I think, like, in a way, it's meant to be, like, he's been miserable and his life's been empty since they've died and he's kind of... He's plodded along. But, and he and Randall I mean, have prodded along, and they've they've not really had anything. And now Randall has something else. He feels like he can, but it, let go. It it it's just such a fucking sad character arc. Yeah, for, for, for Dante yeah. from Clerks too. You know, he, he and, ends and, and, yeah. happy, and then you know, yeah. it's you look at it and go, "Geez, Ra- Randall hasn't moved on from it." From, 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 from any, any of it, of it yeah. he's the same as he was in Clerks and he's kind of it, it's not that he's even alright with that he's almost like weirdly content with that it's only when he has to look at, from, at his existence to realise that he's never done any of the things that he probably should have done mm. but he's actually from a day to day he's kind of alright yeah. um, that he's there whereas you look at him and go right well literally from because uh, Becky is pregnant at the end of Clerks 2 so you're talking about literally the past 15 years he's just been fucking just going through some shit mm. you know probably being alright day to day 
but and deep down he's been just really fucking sad yeah it, it, it's an odd one to, to, to give it. It, it it seems a little bit like Kevin Smith is is wanting to get some shit off his chest a little bit mm. it's just it's and it, it, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously the heart attack stuff and the Widowmaker thing—it's all from Smith's life. So I mean, I get it, but it just these films, the central relationship of the films are Dante and Randall, and I get, I, I you know, absolutely fair play. There's like room for growth and things like that. But at the end of Clerk Two, in the jail scene, Randall says to Dante, "Like, don't leave me, man. You know, like, don't, I don't want you to go to Florida. Don't leave me." And the end here... The end, that that end sequence in the jail sequence, I think is fantastic in Clerks 2. Yeah, it's a great scene. It's a, it, it's a great scene. And like I don't notice Brian O'Halloran being bad in that. But like here, I just... Yeah, it just... It doesn't... It doesn't compute. And I'm, I'm, I'm not saying... I'm not trying to say, well, you know, it surprised me I didn't like the ending, so fuck this movie or anything like that. Because I, I, I like the film... But like I say, I think it does it does Randall dirty, um, and oh fuck, I had a I had another point that I wanted to make and it's it's evaporating. But I, I yeah, it, it it just if Smith now like in five years time does a Clerks four and it's Randall and Elias, I'm just ap- just absolutely not. Yeah. It's, no, it's, you. It's only put out there very much that that this is this is it for the the future clerks things. They might do something. Yeah, and it, in terms of the the animated bits again, but there'll be no no more clerks. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Like I say, I I, I was really like, oh, that's what I was going to say. Sorry, if you were going to be. Dante is just going to be uh, like is sad about Becky and then ends up like basically choosing to die. Do not also have Veronica from the first one come along and then him shag her. Yeah. Like no. no yeah. No. That, that was a little bit. That felt a little bit shoehorned in. J- yeah. Just yeah. I. I. And, and, and that's the thing. It's like. It's so weird that they just have that one scene, and then the only other bit you see of her is when they're recreating the like the bit under the desk. Um, and yeah, I don't get that. The um, Jennifer Twelbuck bits, like just asking her for money, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And then how that resolves itself is just why is this here? Yeah. Um, there's just I there's too much stuff that doesn't hit the mark in terms of comedy and then it's got often in the same scene and again like rando i mean dante has that heart attack that ends up killing him and that particular scene ends with that woman clapping and going like that was incredible acting you know it it, don't undermine this scene which is going to have an incredible emotional weight with a gag yeah i i I think I think Kevin Smith, a little bit, as he's got older, um, has wanted to be more mature with his writing at points. But also, I just, I don't think he's either got the control or the confidence to then not throw a gag at it. 
And the that... fucking guy wrote Chasing Amy. Yeah. I just and obviously that was like twenty five years ago, but yeah, he he can control he can control tone. And I, like here, it's fan service, but it's also and I'm gonna make you cry, fucker. And it, it, it it's just it it doesn't work. For me. It's like what's gonna fucking happen in More Rats too? Is it gonna turn out that Brody's a paedophile or something i don't know you know like it just yeah i don't yeah no i I just fundamentally disagree with the construction of this film but i like the film (laughs) that's it i i i i i I was pleased it was as good as it was because i thought there's a chance it could be really not very good um and Jane Silent Bob reboot was was good as well. Yep, and that 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 monologue that Ben Affleck has in that is fantastic. Yeah, really, really hits the mark. So, um, I, 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 do you know what? He's. I, I'm hoping this isn't the end of the viewers universe stuff. I'm hoping there's something else to come out of it. It's just what no, might that be? No, I mean like I. I was I was listening to an interview with Kevin Smith uh, on a podcast last week, and he was saying that like he's more than happy to just make these films and then kind of like roadshow them in the US and do Q and As and things like that, and just make films for fans. Like his next product uh, project is a sequel to Tusk. Is it? You know, and it's you know, fuck. I mean, I absolutely respect Kevin Smith doing what he wants and whatnot, but it doesn't mean that I also have to think that his films are entirely successful. Um, and this this isn't, but I, I I will will say Jay and Silent Bob dealing in front of the store like they don't actually own the fucking the store uh, was very very funny. I really enjoyed that. Stuff fucking, like that was great. The, the, the bit where where they they that they, where they mentioned about the video star. It's like what it closed down like a decade ago. Where do you think you are? And they look around like oh shit. That that whole kind of like the uh, the Owen late fees on dental school and they the, the fact that they watched they watched it. It's like when you said you didn't have a video player. And it was like. Well, you dummy, we held the tape up to the light and watched it. <laughs> the thing is, it's, it's possibly it's possibly the the funniest they have, the most restrainedly funny they have been ever <laughs> in a film. They were just, they were kind of there as almost like the straight guys in a weird way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, absolutely. And it, yeah. It's a biz- I, I think it's a bizarre film. Yeah, I think it's it's good because of your relationship with the two central characters. Beyond that, I think it's it it it, 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 it it's messy. Yeah, but I have a really good relationship I, with the two it, central it, characters, so it's definitely not shit. <laughs> yeah, um, I, yeah, um, yeah, it's definitely not shit. That's yeah. But I, I, the part like just parts of it make me annoyed thinking about it. 
So yeah, there you go. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if it, pop, it pops up on my disappointments. I'll say that. But yeah, we'll see. Bex, how about you? Where are you at with it? Yeah, definitely not shit for me. I'm. I'm excited for it to come out on something so I can back to back them. It's just it's such a heavy fucking end, though. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, fair play. Um, Our audience poll was 63% definitely not shit, 25% touching cloth, and 13% shit. It kind of, yeah, kind of all over the place, I see it. What, what I will say is my last thing on Clerks, is kind of on Clerks, but not really actually on Clerks. But... <laughs> Um, so I've decided, partially inspired by uh, events that happened when we were uh, in Manchester, oh, um, South Stockport recently, not South Park, that's in Liverpool, uh, recently, is that on my right arm, which is my bitty arm, isn't it? Bitty arm. For my tattoos. But I decided I'm going to get movie quotes to fill in all the bits, right? But I don't want to get inspirational movie quotes to fill in all the bits. Anything like that. I want to get kind of daft ones. Yeah. Yeah, I think that... Uh, Please don't get snoochy boochy. No, but I think hideous chud of a man. <laughs> I, I, think, I, I think might have made it up the list. Please don't get that. So, uh, that will appear somewhere. Wow. On my arm. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> what, then? Um, I, don't, I don't know that I like that. What? I'm just, like, I just want daft quotes from, from movies that I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fair. What about uh, Go Fuck Yourself San Diego? It could be up there on the list. <laughs> you know, I've got things like... Uh, I mean, I've got to have... It's like some kind of hot tub time machine. It's going to be on there somewhere. <laughs> have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? putting four or five year olds in front of this movie it's like if they didn't know what death was before this they're going to know it after it they're going to know it after it and they're going to be freaking terrified and they're going to be questioning you yeah or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold dead heart yeah the dark knight has got like all the orphans and like oh no we're going to die they did not build up those orphans at all in my head it's like kill them then look no further the His Film Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. CS3P Combat Player 1, choose your character Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player 2, choose your character While you're in luck Round 1, fight! Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England who enjoy their media in very different ways. <laughs> but anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. <laughs> oh, oh.
So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. Also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. Just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. no just, just getting confirmation. It's just in English. That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? Okay, so I'll tell you what. Let's do a bit of what we've been watching. Not a lot for me, because because of where we last recorded. Okay. I haven't watched anything. What did you last week, though? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll weigh in on... What were the main reviews last week? Uh, one that you watched was See How They Run, but you also watched that, that as well. Um, yeah, so See How They Run. Um, God, it feels like ages ago, that. Um, I really enjoyed See How They Run. I thought it was really good fun. Um it's been a bit of a revelatory few weeks for me for actors and actresses that I don't like. I thought Sasha Ronan was really good in it. Um, so, yeah. And I thought it was... It was trying to, to be sort of a clever murder mystery and it, and, it, and it does it for the most part. It's got... For the most part, it feels like it's going for a kind of knives out vibe where it's it's a murder mystery and it takes the story seriously, but it's also got the comedic side as well, but in flourishes rather yeah. than being an all out comedy. The one bit that I really hated was the bit at Agatha Christie's house where it went really fucking stupid for about five, ten minutes. Um, didn't really enjoy that. I thought it felt really tonally off in comparison to the rest of the film. Um, but overall, really liked it. Didn't need the bit about um, her basically getting him arrested. I think, nope, I think <laughs> not in the slightest. Um, but I think for the most part, I thought it was it was pretty well done. It was it would have been a definitely not shit if I'd been on. Yeah, fair. I think that kind of basically chimes with our reaction. Yeah, very similar. I think. Yeah. Hmm. Um, also rounded out the Marvel rewatch with. Did I speak about Captain Marvel on the previous one? I don't think you had. I think you just started watching it. Okay. Time. How did that hold up? Because Brie Larson said some things recently, hasn't she? Oh, she's been flopping her mouth. Oh, uh, the whole like, does anybody want me back? Yeah, so when you know what she's about, she does anybody even want me back? No, Brie. And it, it's a bit like. I don't know, but you don't do yourself many favours, Brie. She, I swear, she's angling to get out. She is. She, she doesn't want anything to do with it anymore. The, what I will say is Captain Marvel was better on rewatch than I remembered it being. Um, but I remembered it being really, really shit. So it's not. it's still not a great movie, but it's better than I remembered. Her I, I, character... Her character is, they've just really amped up the arrogance on her character in Endgame, which obviously we watched together, didn't we? Because you watched that with me. Yes. Um, so just as a continuation of the Captain Marvel character, yeah, they, they make her really fucking unlikable in Endgame. Um, something that we've mentioned like a few times is obviously that, hideously painful to watch fucking 
he's not alone fucking scene with all the women characters behind Spider-Man. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's, yeah, maybe, yeah. Um, that on rewatch of Endgame just felt really like, made me feel a little bit like I was going to be sick in my mouth. These women are badasses throughout the entirety of the Marvel movies. They don't need that pandering fucking scene. It just, it, it feels like by doing that, it's kind of like the filmmakers saying, oh, but did you know women can be badasses too? So it kind of undoes a lot of the good work that they've done previously. It, it, it's like they're, they're saying, yeah, but we don't really think that they're badass characters, so we have to, we have to really make a point of it with this one scene. And it's like, oh, well, we, we kind of thought you thought they were badasses anyway because you let them be in all these other movies. I just, the more, the more I watch Endgame, the more that scene annoys me. It, it very, that kind of reminds me of the whole um, Rise of Skywalker. They were like, we're doing a big, like, LGBTQ thing. We support, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it was a kiss. <laughs> yeah, you're going, oh, which character's gay? Oh, wait a minute. It, it, it's literally two characters, like, almost like peripherals. Mm. Um, um, like, and it's it just heavy. I mean, virtue signaling is such a fucking poisoned term. Yeah. But corporate virtue signaling. That it, it, it just, yeah, like have have those women be more involved in the action generally but they are I think he's meaning the um, what Skywalker ones is he are you referring to the Marvel ones no 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 no. I mean the Endgame one just in terms of like well, they fucking are yeah, they're the... front and centre in a lot of the fucking battles yeah they they, they just well, are in Endgame okay no, alright I, I, okay I don't in, in all the movies, I don't remember it well enough like, the women are not side characters like, what's her name? Is it Okoye? Is the lead fucking warrior for Black Panther. Yeah. Nat Fair enough. Is a yeah, yeah. I know she's... Is she dead by this point? She's dead by this Yeah, she's dead by this point. But, like, she's a real fucking badass. Pepper Potts, is, you know, she's she's not really a, a fighty badass, but she she's a badass in that she, she stands up to Tony all the time. These are strong women characters already. They don't need that scene. Yeah, I agree with you. yeah, I, yeah. It it just felt really cheap. It does. And then I tried. It to does. Watch, I, I was like, do you know what? I'm gonna give the TV stuff a chance. I'm gonna give Phase Four a chance. And I watched an episode and a half of One Division and just thought, nah, I can't be fucking bothered with this. Of which one? Sorry. One Division. Right, and I've watched it before on the first watch. Really enjoyed it, but going back to rewatch it, it doesn't really have rewatch value for me. Interesting. I, t- I tell you what, uh, I don't watch all. I, I I haven't glommed on to all the MCU shows, but we watched episode five of She Hulk today. She Hulk good. I don't know whether I want. She Hulk good. A film that's got fucking Megan the Stallion and She Hulk twerking at the end of one of the episodes. That's just ruined it for me. I was kind of on board just, with giving that a go. It it's there's fuck all action in it. It's closer to just like a workplace comedy 
Mm. Um, I really, I really, really enjoy She-Hulk. My one problem with she I know it's TV, but just to say, my one problem with She-Hulk is that there is a theme running through it about how men find She-Hulk attractive, but Tatiana Maslany appears to be just like the most ugly bitch in the world to men like is what the world is trying it is what the the show is trying to say she's not she's a good looking woman it's weird that it's going very heavily like there's a bit where a, a like a guy shags her as she hulk but then the morning after she's her normal self and then he's like i've i've got to go see you later and it's just a bit why it, it, anyway um is it one of those things but it, like it's... when in teen movies they try and make out that a girl's really ugly because she's wearing glasses and a ponytail and then all of a sudden she gets a makeover is it one of those ones where they try to pretend that tatiana maslan is not hot well yeah i mean I, I mean like they they take the piss out of her dress sense and things like that but it's just like but you look at her she's a, she's a good looking woman i'm not i'm not gonna say she's like stunning like a stunningly good looking woman but she's a good looking woman who it feels weird that men would go no thank you but she hulk me likey it just it's weird oh hang on a second i also watched spider-man which one the middle one with gillen Wh- of which ones the oh is it far from home I don't know. The Spider-Man names right. confuse me. <laughs> the one with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. Watch that. I forgot to log it, and it's not on Disney Plus, so it just completely slipped my memory. It's all right. It's the end of Phase Three, so it's still got that Phase Three magic on it. Thirdly. Yep. The only other thing that I watched that weren't the movie review ones that were doing the main review ones um, was Fletch. <laughs> we watched Fletch. Of course you did. Fletch is fucking great. Yeah. I will keep saying it every time I watch it at least once a year until uh, until the day we die doing this podcast and say Fletch is fucking great. I love <laughs> Fletch. I will have a steak sandwich and a steak sandwich. Yeah. I, I love it. You've done this place. You've spent hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's good. <laughs> do you have do you, do you have rubber gloves? I, I, I rent. <laughs> it's yeah, fuck it. I mean, it, it it's just brilliant. It's it's Chevy Chase in absolute, just wonderful form. Yeah, he was trending the other day. Yeah, and I was worried that he died. No, he hasn't. No. He hasn't, has he? No. No, I'd be, I'd, I'd be more upset. You'd be, you'd be definitely having a minute's silence at 8pm, wouldn't you? Fucking hell, would. What? Oh, what am I going to be talking about at 8 o'clock that's not a minute's silence, <laughs> but is like just incredibly disrespectful? Respect's earned. That's fine. Hmm? Respect is earned. Mm. Mm. True. Uh, was that you, Mark? That's me, yeah. Right. So, and that was you, Becky? Yeah, I'm done. Cool. Okay, so I've got a couple. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, like like I said, watching Clerks three, I finished rewatching Clerks two. That was halfway through when we recorded last time round. Um, I like Clerks two. I like the ABC sequence. That's cool. Just like a, have a random dance sequence in there halfway through because why not? I enjoy that. Yeah. Um, like I said, I like the Donkey Show. I like that it's immediately followed by the jail scene, which is a fantastic bit of writing. Um, and it ends in a really good place. So, Clerks 2. Um, bit too much gay faggot kind of stuff in there. Um, yeah, it's not really, it's not really, that's not really in the first one. No, it's not. That's the thing. The first one it feels doesn't feel like it's noise. going there yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think I said last week, yeah. but it's like the you know how I know you're gay thing from forty year old virgin. So you know, it's um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I, I like I, I like Clerks too. I think it's I think it's fine. Um, I, I I think it's better than fine. I think Clerks three is fine. I think Clerks two is better than fine. But yeah, even though I would, after that review and Bex, after your kind of like defense of what Brian O'Halloran was going for, I do wonder if I might change my mind if I watch it again. Um, but we'll see. Um, so I watched a couple of things. Um, I watched the new Bowie documentary, Moon Age Daydream, um, playing in IMAX this weekend and then comes out more generally next weekend. Um, so this is, uh, a documentary filmmaker, Brett Morgan, um, uh, doing a fully okayed by the Bowie estate, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd call it more kind of like, I don't know, fucking collage than documentary. Um, which, if it sets off warning bells for you, may maybe, yeah, fair enough. Um, so it's two and a quarter hours long. Um, I got multiple you are in a loud environment notifications on my Apple Watch, which I've never had in the cinema before. <laughs> um um, it was like really, really, really loud. Apparently, like uh, uh, Brett Morgan tweeted earlier on today, he was like talking about how it was a twelve-channel sound mix for IMAX, and it's like, yeah, sure, I could go with that. Um, and um, yeah, it, it's kind, kind of roughly chronologically. In, in, in terms of the songs it's focusing on and the stories it's telling. But then it kind of breaks away to talk about Bowie's approach to art generally, kind of like during the Spiders from Mars sequence, but is referencing stuff more from like the 90s. Um, but, and it, it basically doesn't talk about the noughties or the 2010s at all. I'd say like the first hour and 45 minutes is focused on everything up to like the let's dance era and then him going i thought i wanted to make music that was going to make people dance and make other people happy and then i realized actually why i should just concentrate on me being me and then funnily enough the last 20 25 minutes is okay and here's the stuff where it's him being him but hey you don't know that music very well so we're not going to focus on it I mean, um, he, he barely. I mean, he barely released anything uh, post two thousand anywhere. Um, just like he, the reality. 
I think were the only ones released between like two thousand and two thousand and thirteen. Yeah, it just it's it's interesting because it, it it's like voiceover of him making a point of like I realise that I'm like I'm kind of stagnating and I'm I'm not doing anything for me and it's all for audiences to make them happy and I'm not feeling fulfilled. And then, but then the the doc is like, and we're gonna kind of ignore the music that he made after that because none of you fuckers know it anyway, um, or or like really like it it, it wasn't really a thing, um, and the, the the thing is, it's interesting because obviously it's been made for IMAX that takes up the whole IMAX frame, uh, and it's overwhelming, um, and. It's it's impressive, but there's so much going on visually because it, it, it it's essentially um, God. What was it? Brett Morgan said, which I thought was a bit wanky. It was like I didn't call it like David Bowie because it's my my interpretation on what it was like growing up with Bowie. So I'm calling it Moon Age Daydream as it's my look at his life or I'm paraphrasing but and so there's just a lot of visual stimuli um there are clips from Event Horizon in this film yeah, I read that um, <laughs> and yeah yeah there's there's just a couple of couple of things and you know uh, I think on Sean Andalou gets a uh, gets a bit at uh, one point in the realm of the senses does apparently I, I missed that um but like george melier and uh, it, but then like the cons like the crowd footage and things like that doing mad things with the colors there and it, it just i i found it hard to keep up and i enjoyed it more when it just fucking slowed down and it let bowie talk in his own words um which then takes away from the immersive imax aspect of it but it's just it's a lot is Moon Age Daydream. Um, and it's been getting an awful lot of like five-star reviews and things like that. And speaking as someone who's... I I've, I very... I, I, I like David Bowie. My like my mum knew David Bowie. Uh, well, uh, yeah. And ha, like has told me a couple of stories. Um, so like, I've got some sort of like... It's the one kind of musical artist that I ever really properly talked to my mum about. Um, so I've got some personal kind of af- uh, affinity for Bowie, um, uh, but I, I, I'm not a mega fan. I think anyone who is isn't that bothered about David Bowie, I mean, it's almost obvious. But you do not need to watch Moon Age Daydream. It's not going to give. I don't think it's necessarily going to give you a new appreciation of David Bowie if you already don't like his music. There's a lot of the points he's making. I don't know. It 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 just feels quite at the start. He's he's like I like playing different characters, and I never really show the real me. And then in the early eighties, he's like I, I just want to make uh, music that makes people happy. And then after that, it's actually no, I just want to do music for me. And there's this general thesis through the film of like how he lived life every day and he enjoyed life and he just made the fullest of life and it's like yeah cool 
It's very easy to do that when you're David Bowie, though. If you didn't make the fullest of life, then you wouldn't... I don't know, we wouldn't be watching this. Um, I don't know, it was just... It, it was an odd thesis to spend two and a quarter hours building to. Um, so, yeah, I, it, it's... I I I I like I I I think I respect it more than I like it. I like it well enough. Um and the the concert footage in um that like 12 channel surround fucking rules. And also uh, there's an awful lot of stuff that on the in this shot on film, not a lot shot on video. And the stuff that's shot on film, because it's shot on film, blown up to IMAX, looks fucking amazing. Oh, no. You've got like the like shots of stuff from like the seventies, which just look so clear and so vivid, and they're wonderful. And then later on in like the eighties and nineties and whatnot, you've got more like just taken from video stuff, and that looks like shit. Um, but it, it is what it is. So yeah, Moon Age Daydream. If you're at all into the idea of it, you will get something from it. Um, but I do think maybe some of the five out of five reviews are coming from a place of I like really, 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 really like David Bowie already, and I was kind of maybe always going to give this five stars. Yeah. Going, going so mechanic, yeah, it, it's yeah. I get what you mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, certainly, I recommend it. Um, it it just it's a fucking intense watch. Just be ready for that. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, and uh, I also uh did a rewatch of Birdman. All right. So we've been we've been talking about Bardo a little bit lately. And I was like, I'm in the mood for some Inaritu. And uh, I have Birdman on iTunes. Birdman fucking rules. Um, I really, 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 really like Birdman. It is a technical exercise, which is insane. Like the whole kind of like, it looks like a one shot, but then it does transitions to different periods in time within like the same shot kind of stuff. Uh, but also some really technically complex shots. Um, Michael Keaton giving a performance which lost the Oscar to Eddie Redmayne in The Theory of Everything, okay. which is insane. Yeah. He's incredible in this. Um, Ed Norton is really, really fun as well. Like he's He's playing a dickhead, but he's a dickhead who knows he's a dickhead. And kind of has fun with it. Um, it's just like it's just fun actors and scenes all over the place in it. And the thing is, it is like being a bit. There's a scene with a critic, and he's chewing a critic out, and I think a, a lot of people kind of like got turned off by it at that point. But it was also, you know, there's there's some points here. Um, but it's just fun. I find Birdman really fun. It's obviously trying to say something about the state of pop culture and how superhero films are dominating things. Watching it now, it's just like, yeah, Inirito was obviously on to something and it's even just more so now. Um, 
But it's all. I just find it a very, very, very entertaining film. It's a really fun couple of hours. And yeah, you can't say that about a lot of the work of Alejandro Iñárritu. Yeah, I think I might. I've been looking at giving this a rewatch for a while. I think you would say it like the other day, weren't you? Yeah, let's yeah. rewatch it. Re- yeah, it's good. Gonna do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do the Revenant again before. Uh, before I see Bardo. Um, I just. I've got a feeling I'm gonna like Bardo. I am. I'm. I'm like, the more and more I hear about it, the more and more I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. We shall see. Um. Okay. So let's move on and talk about confess Fletch. Uh, which stars people, but which people? John Hamm, Marcia Gay Harden, Carl McLaughlin, Lorenza Izzo, and John Slattery. So, yeah, I'm going to let Letterboxd do this one. The roguishly charming and endlessly troublesome Fletch becomes the prime suspect in a murder case while searching for a stolen art collection. The only way to prove his innocence? Find out which of the long list of suspects is the culprit, from the eccentric art dealer and a missing playboy to a crazy neighbour and Fletch's Italian girlfriend. So, we talked about the trailer a few weeks back. Terrible trailer. But... What do we think of the film itself? Bex, your thoughts on Confess Fletch? See, I was quite excited for this because I, I have a weird relationship with Fletch and I think it comes from Mark's obsession with it. I, I really enjoy it, but I don't enjoy it as much as Mark does, which I don't think anyone in the whole wide world does. But it's irritating when it's always like every few weeks he suggests it. Even if we've watched it the last time he suggested it. So, yeah, I have a bit of an odd relationship with Fletch. But then, I... Sorry, I must have not been here when you talked about the Confess Fletch trailer. Did you not like it? I did. Oh. Did you not like it? I thought it was a really fucking good trailer. The trailer? I thought it was a terrible trailer. Oh, I really liked it. Um, and, yeah, and, and I like John Hamm. So I was, I was pretty excited for this, to be honest. And then Hamm hamming it up with a very passable Chevy Chase impression um, which I don't know whether that was necessary Necessary, but you said the writing is, is very he's, he's very much playing the character Fletch which comes across Chasey, yeah, Chasey. is it just one of those kind of with Chevy Chase the casting and the character just went hand in hand it was yes. just a match made in heaven so anyone that comes after it is gonna look like they're doing an impression of his performance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I thought I thought John Hamm was really fucking good in it. He's got the right level of like roguish charm for mm. it. You know, like you'd never you'd never be able to kind of entirely trust his motivations, but you'd be along for the ride, kind of thing. Mm. I, I I really really fucking enjoyed this. It was a perfect Sunday morning watch, wasn't it? Yeah. Nice, nice. Mark, thoughts? Uh, well, yeah, I, I was, I was kind of worried, but in a 
about it that, that it just wasn't going to be... I, I didn't want it to just not be very good because it's it's a character that that I, I really enjoy. But I also went into it knowing that it wasn't going to be as good as Fletch. I was fine with that. Because... The story's not as well put together, is it? No, it's not. But I also... I just, I just, going in, going... Right, all I want is 7 out of 10. Mm. I want it, I want to be entertained and I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want it to finish and go oh that was a bit of a disappointment mm. um, and it, it, it's not it's fun is you quite liked the fiery Italian girl didn't you I did I liked the fiery Ital- Italian girl yes um, it, it's uh, in a in a callback to a different uh, Chevy Chase movie uh, I think I turned around to you at one point and went I, I, I was told there would be no Hot European ladies in this. <laughs> um, it, it, so, is uh, John Ham as as good? The thing about John Ham is, I don't think John Ham is is as good as comedy at comedy and I, as as John Ham would like to be at comedy. <laughs> I think if you said to John Ham, "What what kind of actor are you?" I think he'd classify himself as a comedic actor. I just don't think he is, but he can be funny. Oh, I think his timing and his delivery yeah. and stuff in this is really good. That's what I mean. He, he can be funny, but he's not Chevy Chase levels of funny. Chevy Chase can throw fucking, can speed round jokes mm. at you mm. um, with, 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 it, with Fletch. And as well, the thing about Chevy Chase is that he doesn't tend to get as much... Um, credit for is as a physical comedian yeah, he say, is incredible mm. you know Chevy Chase is almost like silent film era levels of being able to just fucking crack a joke by having um, just a physicality to it but it's just shit he'll do in the background of scenes as well like for no no fucking reason yeah like, he doesn't advance the story in any way shape or form but he'll just be doing stupid shit yeah he'll have a stethoscope around him that he can't quite work out how to fucking <laughs> use and he'll pick stuff up and give them to people for no fucking reason <laughs> and there's bits like that Ham doesn't have that no he has to get away with the the, the, the but look, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm roguishly handsome. I did enjoy the bit where he was walking into whatever building it was and he just slid down the banister rail, though. That was good. Yeah, but stuff like that are quite fletchy things. Yeah. Um, and it just, it's, it, 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 he makes sense as this iteration of Fletch. Mm. Uh, but then the story's not as good. But and everybody seems like they're having a good time yeah. making this movie. I thought Masha Gehardin was really good in it. Yeah. 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 She looks like she's just having a laugh. <laughs> and constantly just saying that she's not going to sleep with him. <laughs> Whilst you also know that she kind of does want to sleep with yeah. him. Yeah. But yeah, but in terms of like the story, you kind of you know straight away that uh Lorenza uh, is uh, is is in on it. Pretty much from the beginning. Um McLaughlin is is playing it very well and very much like again he's just having a good time. Um, thought Roy Wood Junior was a lot of fun. Isn't it? Which one's he? Is he the cop? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I like his stand up stuff as well, so I was I knew I was in good hands there. 
I liked Grizz as well though. I thought her just oh, fuck off kind of attitude was great. <laughs> yeah. Just fuck off, Fletch. Yeah, she she played a good a good sidekick that actually was doing a lot of like the heavy, heavy lifting. lifting. Yeah. 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 A little bit like the fucking dog in Inspector Gadget. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what did you reckon? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was pleasantly surprised by this. Um, like, I, I, I think it's the most straight down the line seven out of ten that I can think of. Yeah. Where, you know, it is, it's not doing anything particularly impressive, but, and I, I do wonder, like, Kevin Smith wanted to make a Fletch film with Jason Lee years ago, and it's like, that could have fucking worked. Yeah. Um, but I don't know whether I'd want to. I, I think John ha- Fletch. I don't know whether he'd. But J- Jason Lee as Fletch. Yeah. Would have been. But not Kevin that- Smith. All, all, all the years there have been three people rumoured who have been attached to a Fletch remake or yeah, reboot. Reading on the trivia, Josh Jack- Joshua Jackson was one of them, wasn't he? It, yeah, in his fever dreams, maybe. Yeah. He wouldn't work as it. The no, ones who uh, Ryan Reynolds was Ryan Reynolds was the other guy who was attached. Yeah, of course to it do is. It. Yeah. And that yeah. the, the Ryan Reynolds one almost makes too much sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It, the, it would be too on the nose, and he would just be doing. And this is from somebody who's a huge Ryan Reynolds fan. He would be doing his his version of Chevy Chase doing Fletch, whereas I think John Hamm is doing John Hamm's version of Fletch. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, that—that's the thing. I respect that uh, very much. I mean, I, and and that's what you kind of, that's what what I had to reconfigure in my mind for like the first fifteen twenty minutes. I was just like, yeah, this isn't working, and then it clicked for me. But he's just—he is just kind of doing his own thing, and then as soon as I vibed with that, it it worked. Like you said, Mark, I I don't think John Ham is as funny as. John Hamm thinks he is like Film Junk do in their Junkie Awards every year. They do a, I think, I think they call it Des- uh, Desperate Comedian Award for like the actor who most wants us to think they're funny in that particular year. And I swear, John Hamm's been nominated every fucking year. Um, and it's, I, I, I get that, but actually, fair play, he is pretty funny in this. <laughs> I actually, I don't think it's that he thinks he's funny. I think he just really wants to be funny. He's just not. Or wants to be funny, funny yeah. As 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 he would like to be. It's that I think. But I, he's I, I think he's getting yeah. there though. Like there there were, there were good lines in this, and the um, like the whole just trying like trying to actually solve it with the. The, the cops and like how he genuinely wants to solve it with them and then they just keep on like telling him to fuck off and then he's just having to do it himself like I I, I think that there's a good line in that and there's I mean the, the the I think the mystery I'll be honest I got a bit lost like at, at the end when there was just like paintings all over the fucking place I was like right what's why, why are there so many paintings I've lost track now but I don't care because that's not the point of this film. The point of this film is just to be a actually quite stylish, breezy comedy, and it succeeds. Yeah, and I think part of that, part of the what makes this film work, is 
is the fact that it's not done by a a generic jobbing director. It's um, it's done by um, Greg Latola, who is Greg Latola, yeah, yeah, you know, who has made very very good films, um, and so I think that you can tell that it's not. It's not just somebody who is hoping that this will be a springboard into better things. It's 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 a director who knows comedy and knows how to go right. I need to do a hundred minute fucking comedy. This is what I've got to work with. Bang 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 bang. There we fucking go. I've got to say as well, this film very badly made me want to drive a little uh, moped with a little helmet around uh, Rome. Yeah, yeah. There's a great moment I think where he's he's riding the what is it and another motorbike, another like what is it just goes by him and he just kind of looks at it and then just carries on with his day. <laughs> but even to things yeah, like, yeah. like that, like the fact that Matola's um, put like there's an idea towards the text that comes up. It's not just Rome. Yep. That that that's the sort of thing we're directed. It's a director who, who definitely gives a shit with this. Yeah. And wanted to make a fun Fletch movie. And it works. And the thing is, you could see um uh, Showtime uh, and Paramount going, Do you know what? Um these don't cost a lot to fucking do. We could we could maybe get away with doing another one. Why not? I'd watch the fuck out another one of these. Yeah, there's there's, there's a bunch of other books that haven't been done, mm. and the fact that they chose Confess Fletch, uh, which is the one in between, I think. Because I think that the the, the Fletch sequel is kind of based a little bit around Fletch, uh, the Fletch's Fortune, which is the third book, I believe. Uh, but yeah, it's no, yeah. It, mm. They're definitely hinting towards the end at going. We've got another one. Yeah, when John Slattery calls it. Yeah. Yeah. But even the, and, even uh, the interactions he has with John Slattery are quite good. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of some of the lines now, but I, I mean, it's it just I watched it yesterday morning. Like in bed, and just laughed quite a bit. It's a really good. Like we watched it this morning. It's a really fun morning watch. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's absolutely. Easily breezy enough uh, that it, it, it's a lot of fun. Hmm. Yeah. Good. De- yeah, definitely not shit. I think it's going to turn up in my surprises because honestly, I thought the trailer was dog shit. So yeah, here we go. Yeah, I'm, I, I am definitely not shit as well. Becky's just grabbing the charger. Definitely not shit. Yeah, there you go. Um, nice. Our audience poll was... Let's find out. I was checking it out earlier. It was it was it seeming quite positive. Uh, definitely not shit, 75% and touching cloth, 25%. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's pretty, that's right. pretty good. Hmm. Let's go over to the Twitter master. Oh, yeah. What have we got this week, Mark? So, what do we have? 
what do we have? Uh, oh, so the cat's climbing all over the place. It's climbing all over me. My climbing frame. So I've got a question uh, to our audience. Uh, say, our question for you this week, as summer begins to draw to a close in the UK, what are your favourite summertime movies? Um, kid. Jaws, Dazed and Confused, Caddyshack for me. Um, Andrew Jones uh, says, Dazed and Confused, Adventureland, that'll get you from the start to the bitter end of the season, which is a really good shout. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, those, those are very good shouts. What's some of your favourite summer movies, Rebecca? Stand By Me. It, all of Stephen King's books about kids are set in the summer holidays, so anything where horrible stuff happens to children, it would appear. Fair enough. Stand By Me, probably, would be win- the winner. Uh, the Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. <laughs> That's someone doing it. It's sunny. Fair enough. I'll take that. Yeah. Solid. Uh, I'm going to throw ones like uh, Sandlot, um, Point Break. Point Break's good one. Yeah. Weekend at Bernie's, but also things. Texas Chainsaw. Like I mean, Texas Chainsaw. Was- yeah. That'd work. <laughs> um, what else is there? Beverly Hills Cop. Feels like a summer movie. Yeah. Yeah. Do the right thing. Do the right thing's a fucking great shout. Why is always the answer to everything do the right thing? Mm. Comes up a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> um, just to make sure I haven't missed anyone. I think I have with those. I haven't now. So we'll get to questions because we have a couple. And we actually have one from uh, from before, don't we? Uh, da, da, da. Da, 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 da. Dylan uh, Black Lanterns says, At Filmbusters, preemptive question for the next episode. Seeing as Doofus has decided he wants to die like the main character in Martyrs, uh, which film deaths would you choose to go out on? Wow. I'm sticking by my really boring answer that I said to you before. I like this one, Bex. Why? Because you're just not getting the... You're just not. Go on. I want to die, like at the beginning of Citizen Kane, just peacefully in my bed with a snow globe in my hand. <laughs> we have very different outlooks. It's the most boring death that I can think of. I don't want an exciting death. Uh. Thanks. Definitely don't want to distress my close family. I'm really glad I missed that last week. <laughs> it's a conversation we were having. You're just, you're just a terrible human. Ian. Uh, James Kahn in The Godfather, but just completely just take me by surprise. That's a fair, fair show. Fair show. Shit. Like straight up, I I either want to live long enough until I don't give a shit, or just take me completely by surprise, one or t'other. That's a good shout. That's a good death scene as well. <laughs> I want I I, I want to be a mortal, so I'm going to choose the uh, the non death scene in in Miller's Crossing. <laughs> no, you're not allowed to do that because. <laughs> 
you are the person who's constantly uh, who always says like, yeah, I'm not bothered about death and whatnot. You can't then and, uh, say, I, I, oh, I, but I'm going to be immortal. I'm not winking at Jordan right now. <laughs> oh no, I mean like no, 100%. I mean that is like, uh, yeah, all right. If the whole point of that was to take the piss out of George, yeah. I respect that, and that's fair. Well, yeah, no, fuck that. Yeah, no, I, I just what, what? What is that? What am I thinking? I had one the other day when I was talking to you about this one of X. Gone girl. How are you not saying gone girl? That's a good point, actually. Yeah, gone girl. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Being mag murder throw has been used to get. Off a crazy motherfucker. Fine. Are you giving me carte blanche to just stab you while we're um, you know, doing the deed? Yeah. Okay. I'm fine with that. So like that or like the fucking guy in basic instincts. Yep. Yep, there we go. Ready to turn up as usual. You want to um, girl? Andrew Jones asks us, what filmmakers would you want to see integrate their own journey into cinema with characters from films they have made a la Dante and Randall doing Clerks? Forgive me, repeat the question. What filmmakers would you like to... Well, sorry, what filmmakers would you want to see integrate their own journey into cinema with characters from films they've made, Ala Dante and Randall doing clerks. Who the fuck directed They Call Her One Eye? Ah, oh, fucking hell. What's, what else is it called? Thriller, A Cruel Picture? Yeah. It was... Alex... Frindelinski. Yeah, alright, let's do that guy. Yeah. Um, having a deal with, uh, uh, like, having wronged one eye. <laughs> and then deal with that. Becky. Don't come to me. There you go. Yeah. I bet no one in a million years would have guessed that would be my answer to the question. Are you still working out the question? Kind of. To be honest. I'll see if I can think of something. Uh, I, I, I'd like that uh, John Carpenter, because John Carpenter now is basically saying that he's going to make movies because he just likes playing video games too much. <laughs> nice. And then it'd take away time from that. I, I, I'd like it if the... John Carpenter, just all the video games he was playing happened to end up being just, like, his films. But he was playing them against, like, characters from his films. So, like, Jack Burton had come out to fucking play, like, Halloween with him in a two-player. It's like a journey through his, his, or, um, his filmography, but... Yeah. Shown as him playing the video games of it. Yeah, and then there's just like the person that he's playing the video game, but it, it, the person who's playing the video game can't be the person from, in the that film, film. In, in, from that film. Right. But at the same time, he's just chatting about shit that happened in his life around the same time as this film was getting made. That's really good, that one. Oh, I, I was thinking it'd be like he's playing like a, In the Mouth of Madness, but it's like a Silent Hill style yeah, game. Yeah, that kind of thing. 
Yeah, that could kind of work. It's almost like one big game, but it's just, it, it flips between like different. Like he might sit down and fucking play like they live, and it's like an eighties fucking scroll along. But then he might start to play fucking um, I don't know, Assault on Precinct Thirteen, and it fucking looks like The Last of Us. Yeah. Oh, I'd play the fuck out of that game. Oh, there you go. You're on to something here, Mark. Could be, yeah. Oh my god. The John Carpenter gaming universe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The JCGU. <laughs> Fair enough. Right, I'll do another question. Uh, Ricky, uh, what are your top three Kevin Smith films? Dogma. Yep. So you just came out of the bat with, with just fucking just saying dogma. I really love dogma. I was reading something earlier. He was explaining why that's not available for streaming anywhere. It's apparently because Harvey Weinstein's holding it hostage. That does not surprise me. Mm. There's a few of them like that, isn't there? Is there? Yeah. Yeah, dogma, clerks. Oh God. Uh, do you know what? Oh, I've, I've, just, I've just had a realisation about my top three. That just slapped me in the face. Probably deserved it. What, what realisation? My top three are Clerks, Ball Rats and Chasing Amy. Right. That's his first three movies. Yeah, because... I mean, I'm Clerks, Chasing Amy, Dogma, so I'm like... I'm all, but then Mall Rats would be fourth. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Dog, Dogma would be fourth in mine. What? I really dislike Morats. I fucking love Morats. Morats is one of my comfort movies. Yeah, Morats is good. Um, for but, me, it I has mean, to be Clerks, Dogma and Red State. Sorry. Yeah, Red State's an interesting one. What? I don't really like Chasing Amy or Morats. I'm not going to say fucking tough scammer. That's just... What about Jane Silent Bob Strike Back? No. You know, probably... Nah, fair <laughs> enough. Zach and Mewie make a porno. No, he wouldn't do that. Ew. You liked Jackson Mewie make a porno? Seth Rogen in it. Right? No. I like Red State better. Okay. Okay. You're looking so disappointed at me. I'm not a big Kevin Smith fan. <laughs> I need to rewatch Red State. Yeah, you do. Do you know what you don't need to rewatch? What? Tusk. No one ever needs to watch that. I quite enjoyed Tusk. It's horrible. I quite enjoyed it though. You're an idiot. Yeah. No, you didn't. You hated it when you watched it. I did. I'm pretty sure you did. I just even reading the fucking synopsis, it's like... That was our questions this week. Yeah? Yep. Okay. What are we covering next week, Ian? Like, generally, what are we covering next week, Ian? (laughs) Oh, buddy boy. It's time. It's time for Don't Worry Darling. Is this out this weekend? God. (laughs) How excited you look. I I, I genuinely, I said to you earlier, didn't I, Max? You did. I was like, I actually genuinely don't know what we're covering next week. What's out this weekend? And I couldn't remember. I thought it was next weekend for some reason. Also, um, I want to throw a challenge out to Bex over the next couple of weeks. 
I think you should watch the Avatar re-release and we should all watch the Avatar re-release and we'll review Avatar. I do want to re-watch Avatar. I made a promise to myself that I would go to my grave having not seen Avatar. I think you need to see it. Why? So you can have an opinion on it. fucking awful. But you might enjoy it. But you... but like you, you could watch it in IMAX 3D, which it, like I am planning on doing when I'm in Florida, and like it is just like the optimal way of watching. Like you will not watch Avatar in a way more designed for Avatar than that. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a think, are you? If I'm going to watch it, I'd rather watch it on a, on some kind of screen and it's not going to make my head explode. I don't think it'll make your head explode. It's not visceral enough. I don't like 3D. It hurts my brain. <laughs> Alright, we'll, we'll have a discussion about that. If, um, if, if people want us to review Avatar with Becky watching Avatar for the first time, can you please at us on Twitter on the Film Bastards account and let us know that Becky needs to see some tall blue aliens. <laughs> Otherwise you won't understand Avatar <laughs> I wasn't planning on seeing it. Yeah, we have to. It's part of the contract of the show. <laughs> no, right, well maybe I was planning on doubting Abby in it. <laughs> no, no. You used your doubting Abby in this year. You are? You used your one doubting Abby on doubting Abby this year. I didn't watch Down Abby. I know. Um, you used it. Um, <laughs> Shut up, that doesn't make sense. Makes perfect sense. No. It does make perfect sense. No, Downton Abbey is watching a film uh, of something that you have no context for. No, that, that, that's, just, that's just me and him being stupid. <laughs> it, was, it was because like there was literally nothing even on streaming to review <laughs> that weekend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, also... I think we should cover that Do Revenge, the Netflix I film. I agree on that. People are fucking loving that. I have seen people love it and I have seen people hate it. <laughs> so it's it's got me interested. Yeah, 100% let's, let's cover Do Revenge. Is that the girl out of Riverdale? Why would I know that? Yeah. But it's also Maya Hawk. Yeah, which I'm alright with. Who the fuck's that weird looking guy? guy. We we like Maya Hawk? Yeah, we like Maya Hawk. So yeah. Um, the girl who directed something great. Oh sorry, someone great. What was that? Uh, Netflix from a couple of years ago. Uh, with uh, Lakeith Stanfield. Did we watch it? Yeah, it was alright. Okay, you watched... I don't remember watching that at all. Okay, alright. But, yeah, uh, so we'll have... We'll have Don't Worry Darling. um, We'll have Do Revenge. I'm not necessarily saying Avatar for, for... for next week, because we're recording on Sunday. But... I... 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 Yeah, all right. Let's let's have a conversation. <laughs> so, 
did all the preamble at the start. But um, yeah, I, I, I think that's it. Uh, thank you very much uh, for listening, folks. Um, hope you enjoyed that as oh, or generally, we hope you enjoy it as much as we uh, enjoy recording it because we very much enjoy recording the show. Uh, otherwise, we wouldn't do it. Um, so um, we will speak to you next week. But until then, thank you very much, Becky. Thanks very much, Ian. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you very much, Ian. And uh, we wish you well. I don't. I don't know. I, Jason Reitman can suck my dick. <laughs> I, I haven't said that for a bit. So there you go. The same with that. Bye. Bye. Bye.